Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No Now, we look at verse number 27. I'm going to jump to 27 real quickly here. And we see the first four, four components here that we've heard over and over again. We're going to take a look at this real quickly, but I'm going to Spend a little bit more time on the others uh, that we see here. Uh, there'll be seven things I'll talk to you about today, but uh, be three of them that'll be really focused on real strongly. He said, "But I say to you uh, who hear, love your enemies." What does that mean to love your enemies? How many of you ever? How many of you know you have enemies? If you're a Christian, you have enemies. Uh, uh, the sad part about it is that some of your enemies are Christians. Have you ever felt that? Uh, have you ever felt that? It, there, there, would no, there would be no uh, separation of the... Listen, Christians ought to be Christians by name and, and by the name of the, what the Bible talks about here in reference to Christianity or a Christian, uh, uh, kingdom citizens here. But if we're going to be kingdom citizens, we ought not have any divisions amongst us. Okay, you can say amen if you want to. But you see, we ought not have any divisions amongst us, but we do have divisions amongst us, don't we? We have multiple denominations, and even in own, our own families sometimes. We go to our families and get around situations when, and begin to talk around our families, and they have a different background or different, different understanding of the Bible, and we get into arguments as a result of that, and they become our enemies at some point. And we, love is far off. Far, the farthest thing from our mind is love at that point. He said, love your enemies. Love your enemies. Now, he said, love your enemies, and then he goes on to talk about this. Do good to those, uh, do good to those who hate you. Well, you couldn't do good to those who are your enemies or those who hate you until you understood that you're, the ones you hate or hate you are your enemies. Give me, okay, don't show your hands here this morning, but how many of you have, have done good to somebody that hated you? Don't, don't raise your hand just yet because you probably have. You probably have and just didn't know it. You, you helped somebody else that hated you. And here's the deal. You probably didn't know that they hated you. When you did it. But if you knew that they were your enemy, watch this part. If you knew that they were your enemy, you knew they hated you. Because we don't think any enemy loves us at all. But when we identify that we have an enemy, we have people in our lives that don't particularly care for us, that they are enemies, then we have to do good to those who hate us. The Bible says this, to do good to those who hate us. Well, can you do that in your flesh? Can, can, can you do that in your natural self? Can you do that in your natural self? Say, you know what? I think I'm going to go out and do, just do good to people that hate me today. Do you really want to do that? Most of us don't want to do that kind of thing because that is it's uncommon for the human nature to want to do that kind of thing, to, be, to love our enemies like that and to, to do good to those who hate us. He says, bless those who curse you. Now, if we notice something here, that the same kinds of things are happening over and over again. It's like loving our enemies Doing good to those who hate us. Now, bless those who, bless those who curse us. They've gone from hating us now to cursing us. You know what it means to be cursed. For somebody to go out and spread lies about your name. To, for somebody to go out and say things evil against you, and it's not just with you now that they hate, they'll let other people know that they hate you too. 
So the word gets around that you are now cursed. The word gets around that you are now a hated person. The word gets around that you have now more enemies. You ever thought, uh, well, here's what goes on in life. We find out we've got one enemy, but an enemy can't keep quiet. An enemy can't keep quiet and just be your enemy. They want to recruit their little army of people that want to hate you too. And so the curse is now established, right? So the curse is now established. So if you're getting, you, you walk into a room and all of a sudden you feel like, you ever, you ever feel eyes on you and you walk into a room, you walk in and everybody's got their eyes on you? It's not just, and it started off with one person and then it began to spread like a cancer to other people. And then you found out that this hatred was coming towards you as a result of a word that's been spread about you that's not true. That's a curse. See, curses are still real. But the good thing about curses is that the Bible gives us a remedy for it. He says that love your enemies. He says do good to those who hate you and bless those who curse you. So you might be blessing a whole lot of folks. You might get a chance to bless. No, listen, that means that you go and buy them a Cadillac. What it does mean is you may, you may go and bless them by praying for them. You may go and, matter of fact, it gives you instructions about what to do next, in the next situation here. It says this, to, he says, uh, verse uh, number, number four is this. He says, pray for those who spitefully use you. Now, all of these go together. You've got the enemies. You've got the haters. You've got the ones who curse you because they hate you. Spread all kind of lies about you. And then they use you. Now, for somebody to go as far as to be your enemy is one thing. Because they can be your enemy from afar, can't they? And then for them to begin to hate you, they try to stay away from you. They don't want to be around you anymore. Now, they separate themselves from you all of a sudden. And so as they separate themselves from you, they're by themselves. But they're all of a sudden now spreading lies about you. They put a curse out on, against your name. And then they move on beyond that, and they try to use you. A hater, an enemy, a person that curses you will use you. And they'll use you to the degree that you're like, well, what, what, why would they even, maybe they're approaching me because their things, things are better now. The seed is interesting, isn't it? Because an enemy that hates you and has put out lies against you, that does not repent but comes to you anyway, they're going to use you. I'm giving you a hint this morning how not to be used. I'm giving you a hint how not to be used over and over and over again. The Bible tells us to do some certain things. He says to love our enemies, do good to those who hate you, to bless those who curse you, and to, and to pray for those who spitefully use you. Now we go back to what we talked about last week, the last time we got together. The revelation comes from that time we spend, that extended time we spend with God. And so that extended time we, we spend with God, he says to pray for those who spitefully use you and say all manner of things against you. Now, how do you pray for somebody that's spitefully using you unless you spend time with God first? We cannot do that in our flesh. I will not pray for you right unless I'm communicating with God first. You won't pray for anybody else correctly or in a right way unless you go to the Father first because you've got to get his love. You've got to get his revelation on the matter so that you can begin to, we can begin to say, oh, yes, this can be done. Because we can't do it on our own. We can't do it on our own. 
As much as we try to act as though that nothing's really bothering us, and we've got people that are hating us and folks that are our enemies and people that are saying all manner of things against us, prayer is the last thing in our mind for that person. We want to take their head off. We want to do something that's going to, you know what, we, we, I'm going I'm to stay away for a little while. I'm going to stay away for a little while, and that, that'll be okay. We distance ourselves from them. See, distancing ourselves is not what he said to do. He said to pray for them. And to pray for them means that you have to, we have to involve them in our lives with the Father. So the Father's not mad at them. <laughs> he's not, he's, he's, he still loves them, doesn't he? And because he still loves them, the only way we can pray for him is to get his love in our time of prayer with him, in our time of extended time with the Father so we can get the revelation that we need to have in our own lives. And so we go before the Father and we get to prayer. We get a chance to pray with him, communicate with him. And he let, let God speak to you about that person. He'll give you revelation about what's going on in their life. Why hurt people hurt people? Why, do they, why, why does the pain that they, they suffer be reflected on you? Why, why, are they, why, does, why, is, why are those individuals messing with you when they don't need to be mess, messing with you all of a sudden? Because they need prayer. Oh, listen to this. God will put people in, listen, God will allow people to be in our lives that are in, that, in these situations right here. Otherwise, we wouldn't talk about it. Well, let me ask you a question. Did anybody, did Jesus have any enemies? Did Jesus do good to those who hated him? So he had folks that hated him too, right? So Jesus, did he have those who tried to curse him? Spread rumors about his life. Sure they did. Sure he did. But did he do good to those who spitefully wanted to use him? Who was it that wanted to use him? Judas. See, he prayed for those who spitefully used him. He continued to pray for those individuals. Now let's move on. Verse number 29. To him who said, who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. If you got your coat and you've got your wrap around your neck, he said, listen, here's the, you took my coat, take my, take, my, take my tunic around my neck too. Take that as well. You can have that. I'm going to give you, listen, now, 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 most of us don't do that. I remember years ago, and it's kind of funny because Benita and I, Benita just saw this guy that I saw. We were over on uh, B Street, on B Street and uh, Central. And we, we, I used to be, a, we went out witnessing or something on one of these days on uh, Central Avenue over there somewhere. And I, it was a cold day, and I had my coat on and everything, you know. And there's this guy that was cold, didn't have a coat on. And so I'm a young pastor, of course, and I'm zealous and excited about, about uh, helping this guy out. So I gave him my coat. Gave him my coat. Years later, I saw that guy still walking around in my coat. I saw him walking around in my coat. But to, listen to this, saw him again, and he's still hanging around the same place, not with my coat anymore, but he's still hanging around the same place, living this, appears to be living the same kind of life. Nothing really has changed in his life. But the reality is this, that we give without any expectation of seeing things change because we want them to change because we think we did something great. I don't know if you've ever given and expected somebody's attitude to change. Or if you've ever given and expected somebody's attitude towards the church to change. Sometimes that doesn't happen. 
You might be kind to your children, kind to your relatives, kind to your friends, and do all kind of nice things for them, and all of a sudden you expect them to change because you did something good for them. The Lord builds the house. They that labor, labor in vain. We can't build the house without his help. We can't build up the people without his help. So we need his, we need his help. Let's move on. We're going to finish that real quickly here. He said, to him who strikes you, uh, strikes you on the cheek, you do that. He said, from whom who takes away your cloak, give, uh, do not withhold your tunic either. He says to do this, number, 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 four, number five will be this, to go the extra mile. Going the extra mile with people is something that I don't always like to do. I don't always feel comfortable going the extra mile because I don't know that it's going to benefit me in the end. Did you hear me? I don't know that it's going to be a wise investment to go the extra mile with somebody that's kind of, eh. Going the extra mile. You may be in school and you want to go the extra mile in school. That means that you're going to go the extra mile with somebody else and give them, a, give them the benefit of the doubt they're having a bad day. How many times are you going to do that? At some point, you're going to say, you know what? They have, they're not doing good. I'm not, I don't like this. This is hurting me. I don't appreciate this. They don't appreciate me going the extra mile. Well, Jesus went the extra mile for us. He went the extra mile for us and so we can have life and life more abundantly. So going the extra mile is the thing we ought to be doing. Number, number five. It says, give to everyone who asks of you. Did it say some people that ask of you or everyone who asks of you? What, what does it say in your Bible? What does it say in your Bible? Give, give to who? Yeah. <laughs> doesn't say that. It says, give to everyone who asks of you, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. Now, that, 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 that's kind of, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that. To, uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to give to everyone who asks of me, but then there's a guy that comes and takes from me, and then I'm not supposed to ask for it back? That's what the Bible's saying, right? I'm looking at the Bible. So don't ask for it back. It says, and just as you want men to do to you, you do also to, uh, uh, do to them likewise. So how do you want folks to treat you? How do you want folks to treat you? How do I want folks to treat me? If I want folks to treat me well, I ought to treat them well. No matter who they are, I ought to treat them well. So now the giving now, the giving part happens to be on another level now. So number six will be this. Give on another level. Now, in order to give on another level, to another level, we have to be in relationship with God in a way we've never been in relationship with God ever in our lives. I've got a concern for the church, the body of Christ. We have a model in church where we expect people to show up here. And we expect people to show up in churches all around this neighborhood and around the country People are expecting to show up in churches are expecting people to show up right where they happen to be. Without having given anything to the people that they want to have show up. You know how frightening that is to to show up somewhere and don't know that the folks are going to be invested in your life when they when they finally get there. When folks began to follow after Jesus, there was already a testimony out about him. Not a curse, but a testimony out about him, about how he gave to the people, how he blessed the people, how he prayed for those that spitefully used him and said all manner of things against him, how he did those things that we talked about. He loved his enemies. He did good to those who, who hated him. He blessed those who cursed him. He did all those things before they did a thing for him. 
The concern I have for the church today is that we will miss it and get inverted and have ourselves waiting for people to show up in the church house without going out to their, going out to their house. We've got to be in a position where we say, yes, God, we'll go beyond where we have been. Now, hear this part. The break habits is not an easy thing to do. I mean, breaking habits is not an easy thing to do. We get so, so, so comfortable once we get into a good habit, a good groove. And we like that groove. We like to be in a spot where it's nice and comfortable because, you know what, it's, be- it's, more- it's nicer to be in here among people that are not going to say no to me or reject me than to be out and about to be out winning souls. The Bible says he that wins souls is wise. How they get wisdom? By getting rejected. How they get wisdom by talking to lots of people. How they get wisdom by sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with other folks, by sharing the good news. So let's, let's not be in a position. I want you to think about this today. I want you to think about this as you leave today. Am I a person that's just expecting people to follow me without me having given anything to them? I want you to think about that question for a moment. Because as a believer, as a kingdom citizen, as a child of God, how am I affecting change in somebody else's life without me having to have them try, without me inviting them to come and let me change you? No, I have to initially sow a seed into their life, give into their life. So giving on another level is a whole different kind of giving. It's a whole different kind of giving. Verse number 32. So, but if you love those who love you, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? What credit is that to you, those who love you? So people that love you, you love them back. It's a reciprocal relationship. Reciprocal relationship. You kind of, well, you know what? They love me, I love them back. They love me, I love them back. They love me, I love them back. Until they stop loving you, right? What do you do then? Until they stop loving you, what do you do then? See, for God so loved the world that he, continue, he gave his only begotten son, but he didn't, he, didn't make the, he didn't make the world love him first. As a matter of fact, he didn't stop loving the ones that rejected him. So he continued to love those who rejected him. That hurt him. That said all manner of things against him, that hated him. Look at the scripture, loving our enemies. Look at the scripture, those who hate us. Look at the scripture, those who cursed us. Look at the scripture, those who said all kinds of, desire to be used God. People want to use God every day. They use God for his goodness, but then they turn their back on him in, a certain, in the same minute. What have you done for me lately is not the attitude we ought to have with people. That's not the attitude that God has for us. If God had the attitude of, what have you done for me lately, he would stop his love for us. But he hasn't stopped his love for us. So he says, but love those, but if you love those who love you, what credit does it do you? None at all. Even the sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that for you? If you do good to those who do good to you, what's that going to do for you? Nothing at all. It's not going to help you at all. You know, the, um, you go, have, have some water. If you do good to those who do good to you, that's kind of cool. But the reality is that it doesn't do anything for you, right? Because when they stop doing good for you, what do you do then? You, you've got this expectation built up that somebody's going to do good for you because you've been doing good for them. Challenges in relationships, family relationships, marriage relationships, sometimes have a difficult time because one person's expecting the other person to do, to do well and the other person stops doing, somebody else stops doing something. But the reality is that, you know what? I'm going to do good for her rather she does good for me ever. She, but you know what? She's going to do good, for, good, good to me no matter if I do good for her ever again. And so you always win when you do good because that's the Bible. 
Do us unto others as you would have them do unto you. Do unto others first. Do it first, not second. Do it first as they have them do unto you. So verse number 32, he says, And if they do good to those who uh, uh, do good to you, what, what credit is that to you? For even the sinners do the same. And if you lend to those who, whom you hope to get received back, what credit is that to you? <laughs> Lending money. I've had so many problems with people that have lent, lent money to folks. Folks have lent money, lent, loan, loaned money, lent money, or whatever. They, they gave money to somebody with a, with a string attached that it was going to get paid back. In the body of Christ, it's supposed to, supposed to have, right? They say, well, I'll pay you back on Tuesday for a hamburger today. What was that Popeye guy? So, okay. <laughs> some, some of you know that, right? But, but, the, but the payback never happens. The expectation is still there. So when we lend, it says here that not to expect anything back. It says, to, is that if you lend to those from whom you uh, hope to receive back, what credit is that for you? Even the sinners lend, with, uh, lend to sinners and receive as much back. They expect to receive back, too. Now, I remember I was in the world, and, and somebody would borrow money from, from me, and I would, I'd hunt them down until I got my money back. No, no, I would hunt them, no, I would hunt them down until I got my money back. Now, you didn't understand me. I would hunt them down until I got my money back. That's my money I gave them. That was my money. But see, as a believer, it's not my money. It's his money working through me. I'm a steward of his money. So if I lend, I ought not expect to receive back. Now watch this part, watch this part. If they're a good believer and you give them some money, you give with an expectation of just saying, you know what, I'm going to bless you and walk away. If they come back and bless you back, thank God for it. People, <laughs> I'm going to just tell this story too. Folks I've lent money to or give, I always give money to people that I'm going to give money to. They may think it's a loan. I don't think it's a loan because I, if they don't give it back to me, I don't really care because I'm not attached to it like that anymore. Amen. Now they, I'm going to pay you back. I'm going to pay you back. I say, they're lying. They're lying. They're not going to pay me back. Because I'm not attached to it anymore, I, God bless you, praise the Lord, don't worry about it. You know, and I don't, I'll, I'll, I don't always say don't worry about it because just in case they decide to pay me back, I'm going to definitely receive, you know what I'm saying? Definitely going to receive. But don't, don't get so wrapped up into having in your pocket and saying it belongs to you in such a degree that you say, here's a, here's a loan that I gave you and you got a little string attached to it. And you keep on yanking at it and yanking at it and yanking at it and they feel you. They, they understand you want that money back because you you're attached to it. If you're attached to it, you're the same as a sinner. Mm. Let me include me, too. We're the same as a sinner. <laughs> okay? Verse number 34. I just said that. Number 35. But love your enemies. He said this is what to do. The remedy. But love your enemies. Do good. And lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great. Now, it, now, I wouldn't change the Bible, but great in this regard is greater than what your expectation would have been. If, if you would have expected to receive something back, he says here, lend and not expect anything back. Love and not expect even love back. Do good and don't even expect good back necessarily. But you know, you can't, you, listen, we cannot stop Seed time and harvest. 
We cannot stop sowing and reaping. We can't stop that. So when we do give or lend, you know that the Lord will repay you? <laughs> I, 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 here's our story. We're at the airport, coming back from the airport in Washington, D.C. We're early, real early. So I like to be early. Get to the ticket counter. First one's at the ticket counter. Lady says, we don't have a record of your ticket. Okay, I didn't bought a ticket to get there. I didn't go there to stay. <laughs> I bought a round trip ticket. Didn't buy no one-way ticket. I was coming back. So she said, we don't have a record of your ticket. And we had paid for um, early check-in. And because and early check-in, you check in early on your computer and your, and, your, and your app or whatever. You know, I'm high tech, you know, got my app and everything here. Don't check in, can't check in, can't check in, can't check in, get to the, whole, get to the airport. They can't check me in because they have no record of my ticket. So I said, okay, well, here's my receipt. Still didn't mean anything. But what we're discovering here is that once something, the lady begins to go ahead and do some more research and just being kind, being nice, being loving, being not being or arrogant or mad or ugly, find my ticket, bless God. I know bless God. See, people say bless God all the time. Rather than being that way, I just sat there, cool, calm, collected. She got on the phone. Made extra, extra, I'm going to tell you the whole story. I'm going to tell you the whole story. Made extra, made extra, extra time on the phone. Folks are showing up all of a sudden now, right? And we're the only ones in line here that have a problem. Can't get our darn ticket. But, but we're special. I love it, love it, love it. But, 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 but here's the, this, this, the tough, tougher part is this. The lady gets this thing situated and squared away uh, to the degree that it's okay, but we, we, we didn't end up getting what we, what we paid for. What we had paid for was the you know, the uh, early check-in. So since I couldn't check in early, that means that I had a position. Southwest Airlines, they have positions A, B, C. Ended up in the C section. That means you said anywhere there's an open space, period. Might not be next to your spouse. Maybe somewhere totally different. She may be in the front, I may be in the back. Well, we didn't pay for that. I said, well, why don't we try this? She said she'll call her supervisor. And the guy jumps in, that's not even involved with the whole situation, jumps in. <laughs> I have to say, Benita said, anybody talking to you? <laughs> okay. <laughs> she, she was kind. No, she was kind. She was kind. It's the thing that I lie. Okay, okay. But hear, hear this. But here's what happened. He jumps in, trying to give this woman the idea that she's making, wasting her time to make the phone call. And so she said, you know what, I'll block you off. I'll go ahead and make the phone call. She made the phone call to her supervisor. And we not only get on the plane in a good position, we got the first, you know, the first seats that you see when you first walk in, you walk in, you turn the corner, seats right there. We found two right here. Bam. <laughs> Bam. Now, there's a whole bunch of folks, there's a whole bunch of folks that are in the, uh, already on the plane already, but there were two reserved for us right here. Now, God repays, watch this, God repays those who sow in life. Those who give on another level. Those who do more, that, that do good to those who uh, do, do, do it to others that they would have them doing, doing to themselves. God repays that. And that was just a small example, I believe, of God repaying us because we knew that we were going to be probably somewhere far in the back somehow in our natural mind, but we knew he worked it out. God worked out the deal. Matter of fact, we, 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 we've had A1 
on occasion. A1 and A2. That means you're first in line. But you're not really first in line because the folks that are handicapped get in before you get in. The families get in before you get in. Everybody gets in before you get in. And so you get on the plane and go, still I have no seats. I can't even get the first seats I want. But we got what we want to get. But the point is I'm making is this, that we give on another level because that's what God would have us to do. We do that. But, but love your enemies, verse number 35, I'm going to finish up here. But love your enemies, no more, well, I shouldn't say no more stories, but maybe another story, you never know. But love your enemies, do good, and lend hoping to nothing in return, and your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High. Don't leave that part out. Sons of the Most High. Now, I've, I've read all of this, and we spent all this time on this stuff. Because I wanted us to see the kingdom, the gospel revealed. The gospel revealed is doing the opposite of what the world does. The gospel revealed is doing things that not only the, to the world does things that to get back the same thing. I love you, you love me. I do good to you, you do good to me. And once you stop doing good to me, I stop doing good to you. That's the way the world works. But see... Believers, we do good, and God has multitudes of people that are subject to be able to do good to us at the moment that we have, to have, have, have a need of good being done to us. It may not be the person that you did good to that does good back to you. It may be somebody else that God chooses to do that. So we watch God operate that way. And so we have the kingdom being revealed in a major way, kingdom, the gospel being revealed in a major way. Therefore, be merciful just as your father also is merciful. So here's my point this morning. Number seven is this. Keep elevating your love. Keep elevating your love. I mean, let your love just continue to grow. Let your love continue to grow. And identify if you're doing this, loving the same way the world loves. Because the world loves each other that I love you, you love me. But you stop loving me, I'm going to go find somebody else to love me. That's how the world operates. You do good to me, I'll do good to you. You stop doing good to me, I'll go find somebody else to do good to me. That's how the world operates. So we do good no matter what the results look like they're going to be because we have no expectation about something good coming back from that individual anyway. We say, God, we put our trust in you. We put our trust in you, Father, that you will provide that. You'll give that great reward because here this part, it says this, but love your enemies, do good, verse number 35 again, but love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great. Don't leave that part out. Your reward will be great, and you will be, you will be sons of the Most High. You'll be ones that will operate in the kingdom of God. You'll be one that will understand your kingdom citizens. You'll be one that will be able to get the gospel, the good news to other people's lives because you know that God is working through you for his kingdom to come. His, his kingdom is coming to you to work through you here in the earth. That's what God wants us to have happen. Is to have his kingdom operate here in the earth through us. Often we're just trying to figure out how to live our lives and how to get by by trying to operate with other people and help. And, and hopefully, you know, if I do get up to them, maybe they'll give me a reward. If I, if I kind of cozy up to somebody else, maybe they'll be the ones that get me promoted. If I cozy up to, the, to, my, to, my, student, to my teacher, cozy up to my boss, maybe they, maybe they won't fire me. Better cozy up to God. Cozy up to God. Get closer to him than you ever have been. You're not too old or too young to get closer to God. 
Get closer to God now than more than you've ever had in your life and watch what he does. Watch how he changes things around in your own personal life, my own personal life. I, listen, I'm a living witness of this stuff, man. I'm watching God. Benita looks at me sometimes like, you know, you, 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 don't, just, you don't react to stuff too fast and too hard. And you don't, nothing, kind of, nothing shakes you or bothers you. Amen. Most of the time it doesn't I, because I, I put my trust in God. I really do. I put my trust in God. I, I absolutely have to. Because people will let you down, won't they? People will let you down over and over and over again. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning that you're working with us and through us today to show us, Father, things that we don't know about. We ask you, Father, that you would minister wholeness to our lives and help us to become the men and women you want us to be. We know, God, that you are moving us from faith to faith and glory to glory. You're helping our lives become one as you want us to be one. Lord, do a, do a miracle, Father, among those that are here today. Cause us to strike out and go beyond where we've gone before and, and to take the gospel to the world. Let's, let's be the ones that do that. Whether anybody goes with us or not, Father, we're not concerned about that. We're just concerned about going out and doing your will. Father, whatever it takes to see salvation come to a lost and dying world, use us to do that. Use us to speak on behalf of the kingdom, Father, here in the earth, that those who would begin to hear what thus saith the Lord. Lord, we honor you right now. We bless you for the work that you're doing in our hearts and how you're changing us from faith to faith and glory to glory. How you're our God, nobody, and, and above you, nobody else even exists. <laughs> We're a blessed people today, Father. Father, now bless all these under the sound of my voice today that we would not be only ones who hear the word, but become doers of the word as well. I will not get, be so concerned about our enemies, Father. We'll love them. We'll not be so concerned about those who hate us, Father God. We'll not be so concerned about those who say all manner of things against us and curse us. Love covers a multitude of sin. Father, let us be the ones to take love to another level. Let us be the ones to extend ourselves beyond where we have been. To know that you are our God. The one that cares enough for us to be concerned about our lives. Touch us all today. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Bruce is going to come and receive our offering as well as our communion time. Thank you, Pastor. It's just a blessing to see see God move. See the the wisdom. That God comes out. Wisdom doesn't come from the world. This is godly wisdom. The guidelines that we went over today, that's God. It's such, a, such wisdom in that. We can't argue it. God is so good. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.